Hi, it's Len Testa, and welcome back to another edition of the Unofficial Guide Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. Today, Jim and I are in the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World, and it's a glorious February afternoon. It's about 80 degrees. Today, we're going to be uh, starting a new series that reviews individual attractions throughout the parks. And the first in our series is going to be Hall of Presidents, because yesterday was President's Day, and we thought that would be a nice place to start with me, as always, is Jim Hill. Jim is now uh, back from the West Coast, where he flew overnight just to be here. That's right. Jim, welcome. I had to check the bags under my eyes. So, <laughs> so Jim, uh, so we're, we're here on, uh, we're actually on Tom Sawyer Island. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a lovely view of Hall of Presidents from here, also of, uh, of Haunted Mansion. And uh, the park's pretty crowded today. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's even a line at uh, Hall of Presidents. February school vacation. Um, but yeah, it, 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 well, a line for the Hall of Presidents. It's like, it's not that crowded. <laughs> okay. uh, Let's not be crazy here. All right. And, and again, I, and I, 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 I don't mean to be mean about that. But again, it was actually my favorite gag out of the now defunct you know, tiki room under new management. I mean, if you, you actually hung in there for the very, very, very end of that show. Uh, the Ayako puppet, you know, like yawned extravagantly. It's like, well, I'm tired. I, I think I'll go over to the Hall of Presidents and take a nap. You know? <laughs> And, it, and that was Disney's own people who wrote that joke. And, and the shame of it is, is that the Hall of Presidents came from this, you know, it was literally something that Walt really, really strongly believed in. In fact, when when Disneyland was initially built in, in 55, mm-hmm. when they started talking about the first expansions of the park, in fact, you, you could go come into Main Street, and there was this weird construction site, you know, a fence up that said, Site of Future Sites. And this was where Liberty Street or Liberty Square, depending on when the, the, the plan was at. But it was a, a section of the park that was going to celebrate Colonial America. And so was the idea then to do, like, Colonial America had at this point two presidents. Let's do the, the Hall of President 1 and 2. Well, it was... It was It'd be more like a closet, the closet of presidents. It was bizarre because it was like, you have to understand, this is 55, uh, verging into 56. And audio animatronics don't exist. In fact, they won't exist officially till they redo uh, Mind Train Soon Adventures Wonderland in like 61 or thereabouts. That's the first time that name turns up. Audio animatronics. Audio animatronics. Okay. So at this point, it's more this walkthrough exhibit of the the Independence Hall where... Oh, in Philadelphia. Yeah. And so there were tableaus that would light up. And they would have these wax figures in dramatic poses that, you know, that, you know, you'd hear a line, you know, like, oh, we must preserve the union. And then the light would come up on another figure. Yeah, you're right. And it's like... <laughs> John Hancock, quill in hand. That's right. I was, with, with dramatic lighting. That's right. And it just... It, it, don't get me wrong. It was... It, if you look at a lot of stuff that Disney was doing during, during that period, it was... They didn't have the rights. I mean, for example, just next street over off of Bench Street was going to be Edison Square, right. and that was going to be uh, the um, the Carousel of Progress, only the walkthrough version. I mean, you're like, well, here we are in you know in 1890. Okay, kids, now walk to the next room because <laughs> that's what they did in 1890s. That's right. That's right. Get up, walk. So, uh, <laughs> so in '55, so they have the idea to do something about was it was it at the time was it you know colonial America or was it actually focused on presidents? Well. I, Walt, I really did have an affinity for 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 Lincoln. I mean, he actually that there's a you know famous maybe apocryphal story about how you know he actually played Lincoln while he was in school. You know, hmm. or you know, I dug a stovepipe hat out of a, a 
you know, a trunk at home and put together a fake beard and did the Gettysburg Address at school and got lots of acclaim for it. And that's supposedly what is what made him a lifelong fan of Lincoln. Of Lincoln, okay. But, you know, but it's one thing to have a love of Abraham Lincoln. Another thing to figure out, how the hell do you build a show around it? Yeah. And it was moving into the 60s as this technology started to take form that Walt mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's like, well... Could we get you know, And again, the problem was that it was only good at rudimentary things at that point. So large scale movements. Yeah, yeah, and and even then, they actually recorded. They had, in fact, the recording that's played or was played in the original version of Hall of Presidents mm-hmm. was done in like sixty three, sixty four. I mean, done, locked down. Really. You know, but it, it, at that time, this this one oh yeah, well again, this, this would have flown today. One nation under God. The show. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, okay, let's get the kids in line for that. Um, but, but, but again, they just it was in fact there was this weird sort of sidestep in the development of the show because they were like, you know, we're really going to have to get be sure of this technology before we commit to this. Okay. And so they decided, all right, well, we're going to do one figure. But, you know, we don't want to be have an undignified, you know, Abraham Lincoln or an undignified George Washington. So William Henry Harrison. <laughs> no, Confucius. Confucius? Confucius. Again, what, what, what administration did he serve under? <laughs> well, this, they were going to have a Chinese restaurant off at of the top of Main Street, a little a teeny tiny Chinatown. And you were going to go into, you know, sit down and have Chinese food. And then at one point... In, as you're dining, a curtain would open, and here was Confucius. Confucius. But not only was Confucius, there was also a giant dragon that was on the wall that, much like the the heads of the you know the country bear, okay. that would come to life and you know smoke and again it's like you know it start you know, smoke up to a like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I always smoke after dinner. And proceeded, but that <laughs> try the mushu. It's try now, the pork. But again, this is a show that Wally Bogue wrote, so it's the, all these really. It, by today's standards, kind of offensive Chinese pigeon language with oh. mother-in-law jokes and making uh. fun of little girls who won't shut up. And um, it was, but they got so far as they built the head. They built the head of Confucius. But it's like you know, the picture is like it's it's a wooden box. It's like a foot by a foot by a foot with a and just and coming about at the box is the head of Confucius. All it right. sounds like a Futurama episode. <laughs> well, it gets so much worse than that oh, because God. this is the first, and again, this was all the stuff they learned on, and they made the first mask out of well, or we'll go with, with we'll go with rubber, we'll go with with silicon. And the problem is that it was a really good Confucius for a week, and then it was like Confucius is really tired. <laughs> it starts to sag. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, because yeah, remember that? Remember like uh, old old uh, silicone based plates back in the in the in the sixties would. Uh, they would they would melt over time. That's it exactly. With and really, they had really low heat points. Yeah, and so was, oh, so if they're under like stage lights and stuff yeah, like that. But this is you know it's, it's, it's literally silly, putty Confucius. And they would, but they bring people into show and it's like, you know, it's like you get them here in ten days because you know, after <laughs> after two weeks Confucius is scary. And he has a tick, a facial tick. You know, the the restaurant falls by the way said at some point, but but Walt goes full bore with Lincoln, but he still he what he wants to build is One Nation Under God. He wants to put this giant show where it's Lincoln on stage and he's surrounded by all the presidents and they're interacting and, you know, it's really, really ambitious. And now, here comes Robert Moses for the New York World's Fair. Mm-hmm. In fact, here he is now. Uh, <laughs> he entered into it via steamboat, apparently. You know. Um, uh, you can tell we're on location. That's, that's <laughs> the one thing about this. 
So, Wald gets the idea that because he's looking for someone to pay to build this as opposed right. to himself. And, ooh, the U.S. government is still at this point flailing, looking for an exhibit for the 64 World's Fair. And so he brings Moses out to, to Burbank. And it's like, well, you know, let me show you the show we got. And But, you know, what he does, and again, it's this Walt the Showman. Right. Um, he brings Moses into a room when they built the Lincoln figure. And, you know, Mr. Moses, I'd like you to meet Abraham Lincoln. And the guy who's working the council now makes Abe stand up and stick out his hand to shake uh, Moses' hand. And Moses yeah. is like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> Must have. No, that's it exactly. And so, you know, he's like, so he goes back to the U.S. government. We have to, have to, have to, have to do this. this I've one got, boys, I've got your show. Yeah. <laughs> but again, the U.S. government is like, uh, shouldn't we be spending our money on, oh, frivolous things like, Healthcare and the military, national defense. Yeah, you know, There's this thing called Vietnam. I think know, it might be problematic for us later on. And so they said no. And so, but Moses was determined to have. He said, "I cannot open this fair without Lincoln." And so, what he does is he literally goes around to all of the states at this point who are again same thing. They want to be at the fair, but they don't have a show. And goes to Illinois, and it's like, "Come on, land of Lincoln, come on, Lincoln. We got Lincoln, Lincoln, you know." Lincoln. You know, he's your boy. He's your, that's your boy. And so they're all right, fine. They find money, they build it, and not to say that it wasn't a problematic thing, um, because it turns out again there were so many corners cut uh, in the construction of, of the '64 World's Fair at the site of Flushing Meadows that they did they had what they referred to as dirty electricity, as in it was the ampers, the amperage would, oh, would sure. and so. Here's this thing that they built under ideal circumstances with, you know, in, in Burbank. They ship it out. And on stage, it was like, it's like Abe would suddenly just have palsy. Like, <laughs> oh, and the voltage, <laughs> the voltage drops or something. Yeah, and it's sort of like... And, and then when the voltage increases, he's like, Abe rage. Lincoln, smash! <laughs> he, he actually did. He actually... The, the chair that Lincoln sits in in this show is a breakaway chair. Because a couple of times while they were programming him, um, I mean, I remember... Oh, it's better to break the chair than the animatronic. Well, it's not yeah. only that, but Mark Davis was telling me this story, but one time they're just programming it, and somebody hits a switch. You're working off this council that's like, you know, it's stereo, you know, from the 60s. Right. Like, All right, lots of knobs. And somebody turns a knob the wrong way. Abe picked up a, you know, a chair and threw it across the room. All right? And, and the, this was when they were using heavy duty furniture. It was yeah. like, people were like, ah, all right, okay. we're going. Next chair's out of balsa wood. Okay? <laughs> no more oak. No more <laughs> That's right. And again, to give you some idea of what a different time it was, they had the fair to open, and the press is all there, and they've been running tests. They've been going 24-7 to try to get this thing open. And the guys go to Walt, and it's like, I'm sorry, it's the amperage issue. We can't guarantee he's going to do a good show. Mm-hmm. And Walt literally had to go out in front of a theater full of people and go, I'm sorry, we're not ready. Really? You know, and it's like, I'm sorry, we did, it's a great show, but it's not ready. And think about, in this age of social media... Oh, can you imagine what that would be like now? Right. You know, it's like, excuse me, that, that really bad old man, Walt, how dare he bring, you know... I, but no, that everyone's like, all right. And they kept it closed for a week, they tweaked it some more, it opened, and it was, you know, everyone was just like, it's an actor. In fact, that was the funniest part of the story is that there were so many people who thought, it can't be real. It can't be a robot. It, okay. can't be, it can't be animatronic. Okay, so what it turns out happens is that the exhibit that's right next door to the Illinois exhibit is like, you know, the National Pavilion of Sweden 
And, <laughs> sure. And, and what they sh- what they're demonstrating in their pavilion is we make ball bearings, and it was like you know ball bearings. Well, you know, so it's like, and that was your your giveaways. You left the truck here. Your very own steel ball bearing that's perfect. That's round. So the main <laughs> seat, the main the seats would come in at night. You know, and to look at Lincoln is like, why are his teeth chipped, and why? What what's going on with his eye? <coughs> and eventually, what they realized was kids who had gotten the ball bearings mm-hmm. were whipping them at the the Lincoln actor to see if he would flinch. There you go. <coughs> and when he didn't, it was like, oh, our idea is a robot. Yes, he is a robot. Sorry about that, Mister. <laughs> That's amazing. So Sweden had a. We have to talk about this sometimes. Sweden had a ball bearing <laughs> exhibit. Huh. Well, they make wonderful round things. So, All and right. we're not going there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, jumping ahead. So you've got the figure. So the figure. So the so the sixty four World's Fair goes. Yeah. It's it's it, hugely popular. Okay. Um, so popular in fact that Walt they come back the fair and that's the thing the fair didn't run year round it ran from April to like October November shut down yep. and then reopened again for sixty five again spring closing in the fall yeah they took Lincoln back they again tweaked him rebuilt him here so there was a two that opened for the the, the sixty five year mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time they they decided to take the one that they had for the park or they had originally built rebuilt that tweaked that. And that ended up here. Or excuse me, that it ended up at Disneyland. That they put that in the, the Opera House and you know had great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Mm-hmm. But again, this was all seen as was, a, it, was it the same show as the World's Fair, or did um, they tweak the audio? It was more a case of they dropped a lot of the hey Illinois, great place, huh? You know, it's okay, like right. you know, Ape didn't wade into the crowd and hand out brochures. So, you <laughs> know, in this version of the show, you should really go here. <laughs> anyway, so at this point, you know, sixty-five and. Walt gets distracted because, of course, of Epcot, and mm-hmm. they're bringing everything back from the fair. You know that that so Small World, which was built for PepsiCo, ends up at Disneyland, and Carousel of Progress comes back. The only thing that they didn't actually travel was the uh, the the Ford attraction, which though the Primeval World, a lot of the the dinosaurs and that sort of thing were actually pulled out of that the, their show for the fair and brought here. But the ride system itself did. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, so but this is all still. Moving forward to one nation over under God. One nation over God. One nation over God. <laughs> it's like apparently the show script changed. There we go. One nation left. It was, God it was the slight right. It was the to, to the back. All right. So one nation under God. All right. You know, he, but still presidents. Still, still all of them. Still all the presidents. And and that's where it got interesting because Walt Walt dies in December of '66, mm-hmm. and they were in the middle of putting together uh, Walt Disney World, and Roy. Roy went into really, really deep mourning for about six months. Mm-hmm. In fact, there, there was a whole period there where companies like RCA walked around Disney and kicked the tires and NBC. And the, the belief was that a giant outside corporation was going to buy Disney and break it up for parts. Really? Okay. Wow. And so anyway, Roy finally comes out of it. And it's like, okay, Walt wanted to build Walt Disney. We're, you know, we're going to do that. So, And then it was like, Walt, it, it, it became sort of this crusade of Roy's that Walt wanted to do you know One Nation Under God we're going to do that show and it's like this giant show with all of these AA figures where people sit there and just watch you know and in fact that's it, especially in the late 60s it's like oh here we're going to we're going to essentially do an exhibit about the man in the late 60s <laughs> one of the reasons they used eventually used to justify um, doing the show is remember the park opened in 71 yeah we were five years out from the bicentennial Right, and the notion was, well, look, all right, we're doing a super patriotic show. 
the bicentennial is right around the corner. We'll just be a little bit ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the show will play, and it's it's an amazing look at you know it, it's an amazing showcase for our technology. And yeah, no one's ever done anything on that scale, mm-hmm. right? But you know, the, the weird thing of it is, is if you, re- in fact, if you go in and watch the Hall of Presidents, mm-hmm. and particularly the, the, the moment where the curtains opens up, and I think we were. Lincoln speaking is impressive, and even today, Obama speaking is impressive. Yeah. Um, but what really sells it as a show is if you watch the presidents in the background who are shifting weight or whispering to one another or consulting notes or looking at their watch what? like, yeah. when is this going to be over? I want to go get a drink. <laughs> you know, and it's just, it, it sells it as real, you know, that this is how, again, if it's a room full of people would act. That's, yeah. that's it exactly. Yeah. And, Anyway, it opens, it's initially quite popular, but it's it has a problem in that people will go to it once. Yeah. You know, One, once per administration. That's it exactly. That, that, you know, Let's go see the new guy. You know, <laughs> and then that that's where that's where it got kind of weird because of course, you know, when this opened, um, it was you know, seventy one, so the most recent president was Nixon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then as we approach the Bicentennial, you know, here's Nixon in the, the, you know, the depths of Watergate. Yeah. And so every so often, you know, the the show quality standards person would go through and find that some cast member had gone in after hours and tied Nixon's hands behind his back as if he were in handcuffs. (laughs) Doing a a purple lock? You know. and, you know, and, and that's the thing. The show quality standards people really have to pay attention here because, you know, for example, during the, the Clinton years, there were a number of times when they'd go through and they'd notice instead of the, the, the handkerchief in his pocket that just behind it would be, you know, three or four condoms. And it's just sort of like, again, <laughs> cast members are having, you know, it's a joke for them. Only yeah, they knew that yeah. figure's doing um, but still, yeah, I get it. But his so the show's gone through a couple of uh, a couple of uh, refurbishments. I actually have the audio from the original. Do you know? So I had the record. Uh, it was one of the first Disney things I owned. Was it was the, uh, the Hall of Presidents record. Yeah. But think how long that is. Yeah, it was uh, so it's both sides of a thirty-three and a third. It's it, it, back in the day, if I remember remembering correctly, it's a twenty-four minute show. Yeah. So three minutes to load out, three minutes to load in. Yeah, it's 18 and, minutes. Oh. oh, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, it's it's it was you know, we had attention spans back then. Yeah. And and this was about presidents, so they thought a show like that this like this should have a lengthy, you know, you know, should be long enough to, to, to pay tribute to the subject. But as the years go by, they they began making trims or they felt that they had to change the narration. I mean, there was, you know, give people reasons to revisit it. So there was Maya Angelou, who, in right. fact, that, for a lot of people in the company, they feel that that one was particularly disastrous because she's a wonderful writer, mm-hmm. but not much of a speaker. No, so she was, like, monotone in the delivery. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember it. You know, and, you know, now we have Mr. Obama. Yeah. Uh, and, in fact, that was the other concept that, that came in in the Clinton years was, well, let's just have the pres- the standing president speak. Uh, or the, the sitting president, excuse me. Um uh, and and Clinton got on board immediately. In fact, you know he, you know he, he they 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 sh- they shot it. I think or they, they recorded it in the the dish room at the the White House. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was thrilled. You know, just oh, I'm sure Clinton. Yeah, he's probably he probably said you got a minute and a half. He does forty. You yeah, know, like, yeah. <laughs> extemporaneously. <laughs> so 
But yeah, that, that um, there was some discussion uh, during the one of the. Um, 2004, uh, or excuse me, 2008, the, 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 uh, how contentious the Obama-McCain election was, that, that there was some serious talk within Imagineering, it's like, all right, maybe we should step away. Yeah, step away from having the current president during, do the talking. Cause, yeah, because there's... They, they'd leave him out. It was, uh, uh, it was it was politicizing, right? Things were things were pretty acrimonious back then, yeah. And and you know for you know they they and actually it came on the back of what was happening to the Bush robot that yeah, that yeah. they were people who'd heckle and yell war criminal and not nice things and and the worry was that but in the end the, the, to give them credit they thought you know if we don't have the first you know African American president speak to the show yeah it wouldn't yeah, be, if Obama would have won they would have said oh you know what we're going to change the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, now it's... Yeah. Almost done. So, uh, mm-hmm. so I've noticed that it's it's not nearly as contentious as it used to be. Nobody no. nobody says anything. Nope. You know, they, nobody nobody boos, nobody claps or anything now. So I think we're all past it. That. But, I mean, it's a sort of a bipartisan spirit now in Walt Disney World that nobody the, boos the president. But at the same time, not to say that they haven't previously given some serious thought to even just pulling the entire traction out of here. I mean, I know... Really? In, I, I think in an earlier podcast we talked about back when Disney was going to do Disney's America one of the ideas was was they were going to pull every president out of this and they were actually going to have an area in the history park called President Square and one of the one of the more bizarre interactive aspects of it is this long corridor that you could walk down and each president would have an alcove and you could go and hammer a button and Chester A. Arthur would talk to you. <laughs> I'm the one that nobody remembers. Grover uh, Cleveland. And Grover Cleveland again. You know. Yeah. So, um... Huh. But the interesting thing is that then left the Hall of Presidents building here empty. And there was this... It, it's fascinating. It actually predates soaring. But the notion was basically an American doing the, the history of America as... A flyover. It's like a combination of Soren and Ken Burns. Yes, that, that's it exactly. Ken Burn, all right, so we put Ken Burns in a helicopter. Yeah, and again, I can tell you the exact moment this was going through the company because Armageddon had just been Disney's biggest hit. The movie Armageddon, okay. All right, so the notion was we get Bruce Willis to narrate. Okay. And then, you know, and again, and the one version of the show was actually using the base um, that they use in Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, and you know, it has that little bit of movement. Yeah, yeah. And they were going to, and they, they'd actually created a, a bigger version for the Stormrider attraction for Tokyo Disney Sea. So the okay. idea is that you're flying over America. Oh, with, so it uh, tilts a little bit, it moves as you're flying. Okay. That's right. Not a bad the, idea. The film, it's and, a theater attraction still, though. Still a theater okay. attraction. Bruce Willis narrating our, our country's great moments of our country's history. You know, Whiskey a, Rebellion. That's right. <laughs> Shays Rebellion. But with a kick ass musical score. And, <laughs> And in the end, it was just sort of like, really, we're, we're going to do that, you know, and, and take the presidents out of here. And I, I remember, I actually, I told friends at the Sentinel, who, in fact, Leslie Doolittle, who was covering the Sentinel at this point, this is what I've heard. And Leslie actually made the phone calls, and he said, so it was amazing, over the phone to hear somebody, a uh, spokesman for Disney, fold themselves in half, because it's like, <laughs> oh, I won't go. No, no, no. We're no! Not, no! I don't know where you get that. Oh, my. What? You know. 
But they couldn't back away from that fast enough out of the fear of what would happen. Of the PR from uh, saying we're going to pull the presidents yeah. so, from Liberty Square. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we are now. It, it, it's one of these things where it's like they know it's a show that doesn't get the attendance that it, they want it to do. Right. I mean, uh, it's very valuable real estate, too. I mean, it backs up to Fantasyland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and, for now, it, it you know, and, and, and again, if you talk to a lot, a lot of imaginators, they believe we're kind of in a post-animatronic age. Right. Yeah. I mean, the notion that if you can go to a Toys R Us and for $15 get something that actually has more lifelike movement than Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're in a bad spot. Um, but, again, for so many people who grew up here and were dragged to that show by their parents, you know, they feel that it's a quintessential part of, you know, their Disney World. They get, I'm going to drag my kids to the show. <laughs> Damn it, I had to see it. <laughs> you know, kids, guess what? You're going to sit through Mill and Fillmore just like I did. So, it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's, 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 in a weird sort of way, it's become the Disney World entertainment equivalent of broccoli. You know, it's like... You've got to do it. It's got to do it. it. This is good for you. So, All like, right. 40 or 50 years from now, when we've had, you know, potentially, you know, six, eight... Ten more administrations. The roll call of the presidents just gets longer and longer. It does. It does. And until until at some point it's going to be like a you know like the white pages director here. <laughs> and these guys. And, and <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's all right. Hey, you know we we, had, we went through about fifty presidents and then we got to these five. That's right. Uh, but no, it, it, again, it's just it's it's a fascinating attraction in that it it. There's so much to see history. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a very a, pretty pavilion. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's a show place. It, yeah. it really is. And and at the same time, if you go down below the building into mm. the the utilidors down there, the computer room that powers this thing again, it's all updated. Some parts of it, particularly is when they update soundtracks and that sort of thing, but it really is sort of. It's Westworld down there, okay? The 1970s computer That's terminal. right. Yeah. So why, So when Abe finally goes over the edge and wades <laughs> into the crowd... Uh, it's, oh, we loaded the wrong tape. That's right. That's right. Uh, I don't know. Again, I, it, it's, it's, it's important to appreciate what it is and how it, it, it came about. But at the same time, it's... You know, you have to face facts that, that people's attention pans have shrunken. Uh, people's idea of what entertainment is. Yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, the, the very thing you were talking about, Ken Burns. People don't want the 22-minute long history. They want the six-hour. Yeah. You know. it's, it's either one or the other, right? It's either I need this in two and a half minutes, yeah. or I'm willing to buy the six-DVD set, mm-hmm. or you know, download the six-part you know, thing on iTunes. But here, one final little itty-bitty bizarre little twist here. Of course, the Lincoln movie, in fact, as we're talking, we're... A week or so out from the Academy Awards, you know, and oh, whether uh, Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> that, I heard that was the one that was. Uh, is that the one that's nominated? I saw it. It wasn't bad. The uh, the train scene at the end was a little over the top. Yeah, I, I think I think it's the other one. Oh, okay. Uh, but they were actually talking about when because DreamWorks live action is released through Disney. Yep. And the notion was that we've got Daniel Day Lewis who does, you know, everyone's acknowledging this amazing job as Lincoln. Yep. And eventually what happened was there was this conversation in the building. A lot of people went to go see the movie. And, you know, again, the, the, the voice that's in there now is the Royal Dano voice that Walt Disney himself picked out. Oh, okay. All, All right. right. And, in fact, this is... Walt directed this performance. In fact, it's kind of a famous story about how Walt kept making Royal do it over and over and over and over and over again until finally... Dano got so tired and so frustrated 
that that started to bleed into his performance and like what was like that's what i want i want the i want the president who's tired from trying to pull the union back together right i want a man who's exhausted at the end of it you know he's like that's it that's the performance <laughs> i wanted and so you know everybody went and you know with an imagineering and saw the the lincoln movie and it's like it's like it's a great performance but daniel's voice is kind of weird <laughs> it's not. It's not how Abe sounded. Well, no, no, but it, it turns according out, to my source material, which well, is Hall of Presidents. See, that's that's what's that's what's really bizarre about this. Because Lewis did the actual research. He he pulled he all the contemporary accounts. This is supposedly, according to his research, how Lincoln actually sounded. Yeah. And the problem is that Disney is now so married yeah. to the Royal Dano version. It's like. I can't go with the real voice. I have to go with the voice that Walt liked. Exactly, so, that's true. <laughs> so, anyway, so there's your Hall of Presidents. That's uh, that's fantastic. So, uh, good. So no, no plans to change the uh, the show anytime soon? No, no. It, it, in fact, uh, it will, you know, it, again, it always gets a little interesting um, during presidential election years because, of course, Blaine Gibson is retired, and I believe Valerie Edwards, the woman who, who picked up sculpting, the figure, in fact, she did Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's left the company as well. So it's now, you know, when it comes time to do the next presidential sculpt, it's finding somebody, you know, because, again, that president, as lifelike as he, he they're going to try to make him. Or she. She. That's true. She. <laughs> okay. Um, still has to look like she's part of that same group. Right. Yeah, the so, same, they all have sort of a uniform look. That's it exactly. They're, they're period, but they're they're homogenized period. It's, but it's going to have finding someone who can ape the style of Blaine Gibson. Yeah, it's going to be tough. So, but, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a good challenge for going forward. All right. Well, the, for Jim, this is uh, Len Testa. Thanks very much for, uh, for listening. We're going to continue on uh, with uh, our series of individual looks at attractions. But uh, if you guys could do me a favor and go on to iTunes and please rate the show and tell us what other attractions you'd like to hear us about, I would greatly appreciate it. For Jim Hill, this is Len Testa. You've been listening to the Disney Dish Podcast. We will see you on the next show.